today on CityCast Denver. Psychedelics are having a moment. More and more people across the country are trying DMT or magic mushrooms and recognizing their potential. But now that movement is colliding with our political system and capitalism. And the very thing that gives psychedelics their power is at stake. This is the fourth and final installment of Ballot Trip. Investigative journalist Chris Walker's look at the two ballot measures dueling over the future of psychedelics in Colorado. If you haven't heard the first three parts, I've got links in the show notes for this episode. Chris will take it from here. Today is Monday, August 8th, 2022. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. All right, everyone. Last week, we spent most of episode three in Oregon hearing about how that state is implementing their voter-approved so-called medical mushrooms model. Now, I think it's time we get back to Colorado, where a lot of people already have deep personal relationships with psychedelics. I've personally benefited tremendously from using psychedelics as therapeutic medicines for healing trauma and inspiring creativity. At about 18, my body started shutting down and I was in pain all over. This brought me to alternative medicines such as psychedelics, which allowed me to connect to my body and actually feel what was going on. I could play you clip after clip like this, having attended or tuned in to many meetings on this topic. It's clear that psychedelics have already changed many lives in our state. I hid and I hated who I was. I was so confused. I internalized the shame and by my young adulthood, my story was filled with depression. I was lost. It was actually my first LSD experience almost five years ago that started me on the journey of learning to be okay. It changed my life. But all of these stories are actually from next door in Boulder, from city council meetings to be precise, as public testimonies in favor of a cause. I'm here to speak in favor of Boulder decriminalizing psychedelic or entheogenic substances. Decriminalized psychedelics. Decriminalizing psychedelics. Decriminalized psychedelic medicines in Boulder. Listen to all that local support for decriminalization. Seems like a good sign for the larger statewide campaign aiming to do just that, known as Decriminalize Colorado. Well, later today, we'll find out whether they've collected enough signatures to qualify for the November ballot. Again, this is the grassroots community-led initiative. I mean, like, we're doing this. No one is paying us to be here right now. We aren't canvassing at $25 an hour. That's Melanie Rose Rogers, one of the people spearheading the decriminalized Colorado measure. But even if they don't qualify, you'll still be voting on psychedelics this fall. Because remember, another campaign funded by New Approach Pack has already qualified for the ballot. Their proposal, the Natural Medicine Health Act, would go a few steps beyond decriminalizing certain psychedelics. It would also set up a state-run program for Coloradans to access therapeutic magic mushroom sessions as soon as 2024. A new approach has spent more than $2 million to land that initiative on the ballot, making this a kind of David vs. Goliath matchup. In the grassroots decrim Colorado, it's the little guy. So what happens if they don't make it on the ballot? For CityCast Denver, I'm your guest host, Chris Walker, and this is the final installment of our four-part miniseries, Ballot Trip. 
I am a community organizer, an advocate, an activist here. Psychedelics and also psilocybin have played a major role in my you know, life and transformation and my journey. As I mentioned, Melanie Rose Rogers is one of the chief petitioners for Decrim Colorado. And this isn't her first rodeo. I was one of six petitioners behind Initiative 301 in Denver, Colorado. That 2019 campaign made Denver the first city to decriminalize psilocybin mushrooms, a vote that was like the first domino to fall. One month later, the city council in Oakland, California, voted unanimously to decriminalize mushrooms and other natural psychedelics. And then the following year, 2020, I was recruited to go to work on Initiative 81 in Washington, D.C. Which was also successful. Oh, yeah. It was it was very successful. Um, I believe they won by 76 percent of the vote there. Where Denver just decriminalized mushrooms, these later measures expanded that to include other natural psychedelics like DMT, Ibogaine and mescaline. We were completely flabbergasted by how much support the movement had. This is Rumsey Abueda, who is also with the Decrim Colorado campaign. And we kind of saw the movement have this snowball effect where it kind of percolated upward and the momentum carried on. Because that same year, when he was still living in Michigan, Rumsey helped pass a similar measure in Ann Arbor. What basically happened was we got members of the community to speak up and tell their stories to members of city council. Similar to what's happening in Boulder right now. They would go up and talk about how these substances have brought them healing, how they brought them spiritual transformation, how they mended relationships with loved ones. And when we finally brought this up to a vote in Ann Arbor, um, city council passed the decriminalization 11 to 0. It was unanimous. All of these campaigns are part of the decriminalized nature movement, which grew out of the 2019 Oakland effort. Rumsey explains how it works. So Decriminalized Nature is a loose network of grassroots organizations that basically share the same ethos in favor of decriminalizing these natural medicines. It doesn't really have a centralized structure, so it's more so of a loose network of activists who kind of like share experiences and resources and intel and insights with each other. But as Melanie Rose Rogers explains, there's also a shared philosophy behind these campaigns. Definitely the ethos is that Nobody should own nature and and especially exploit it for their own personal gain and their personal interest. And this belief is one of the many things that contrasts the Decrim Colorado campaign from the New Approach Initiative. You see, think of the Decrim movement as a slow-moving wildfire. It's usually volunteer-based and grassroots in its approach, and thus far has focused on turning individual cities onto that no-one-owns-nature philosophy. Whereas the New Approach campaign is funded by big money, including progressive companies like Dr. Bronner's, but also some corporate interests like Scott's and private equity firms heavily invested in the cannabis industry. And with that big funding comes big ambitions. If you'll remember, New Approach backed a successful statewide measure in Oregon, and now has set its sights on Colorado with the Natural Medicine Health Act. Activists like Rumsey and Melanie felt blindsided by that. 61 was a reaction to the uh, Natural Medicine Health Act. 61 is the Decrim Initiative. And it was a reaction because Rumsey said the PAC-backed Natural Medicine Health Act was just too aggressive to get behind. 
If we were to follow the pathway of creating, you know, a regulated licensing model, that is going to create a whole cohort of stakeholders who are financially invested in, you know, the new economy. There's going to be the stakeholders who are invested in opening the licensed healing centers. There's going to be the stakeholders invested in supplying the licensed product. There's going to be the stakeholders who are going to want to test it. You can see there's going to be this whole complex of, of industry that is going to emerge from this. European companies can't wait for this to come and to be able to buy a license to have first access to a legalized access market here in Colorado. But does that mean they are against psychedelic-assisted therapy? Rumsey gave his two cents. We're not inherently opposed to there being a container for people to have these experiences under that uh, supervised and controlled setting. I think that people should have the right to have that access in that modality. But what we don't want to see is for that modality to come first. Um, what we don't want to see is one option precluding the others. Decrim nature advocates worry that if there isn't a strong precedent of decriminalization first, underground users will inevitably get steamrolled in the rush to create a therapeutic industry. And of course, Colorado doesn't exist in a bubble. Psychedelic-assisted therapies could begin to receive more clinical trials after MDMA was shown to bring relief to those suffering from PTSD. FDA approval for MDMA-assisted therapy could come as soon as 2023. More on that after a quick break. This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board. Because the wine community here is, like, surprisingly robust. I mean, think about Bigsby's Folly and Infinite Monkey Theorem here in Denver alone. And there are urban wineries all across the Front Range. Then there's the Western Slope, Peonia, I mean, Palisade, hello, Palisade Wine, are you kidding me? It didn't used to really be a thing, but from what I hear, it's very much a thing now. There are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com. So here in Colorado, you will definitely be voting on whether to order the state to create and oversee a therapeutic mushroom program. And much like legal weed, the idea was that the federal government would largely stay out of the whole thing. But recently, that changed. A letter was sent from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration that shows that the executive branch is expecting or anticipating um, the FDA to approve psilocybin therapy within the next two years. This is only a surprise if you haven't been paying attention. As we discussed a few weeks ago, more than a handful of corporations in Canada have been betting that psychedelics will be approved as mainstream medical treatments in the United States. That brings in doctors, specialists, insurance companies, and of course, pharmaceutical giants, each jockeying to patent the first mushroom pill. I mean, I can already see the commercials. Talk to your doctor about psilocybin today. Side effects may include ego death. But seriously, with federal approval on the horizon, the line of people waiting to cash in on psychedelics gets longer and longer. When some people look at New Approach Pack, they see just another usual suspect waiting to cash in. But campaigners backed by New Approach say they're different. They're the good guys. 
They argue that the Natural Medicine Health Act, if approved, could carve out more pathways to access psychedelic therapies. FDA approval could still be narrow. For example, it could require a prescription or a specific diagnosis or approval from a specialist. Campaigners for the Natural Medicine Health Act say the law would help keep more options available in Colorado. But Rumsey Abueda from the Decrim Colorado campaign doesn't quite buy that argument. I will say that there is some merit to the concern of uh, letting the FDA and other corporations that are pushing these substances through clinical trials, um, letting them get there first because, you know, then everybody gets boxed out and the only modality of access is to go through the medical route. And those are really valid concerns, but the solution they're offering is not the solution we need. They're basically saying, oh, well, we, we just have to compromise and instead of letting the FDA set the regulations, then let's just like the, let the state um, regulatory agencies set the, re set the regulations. Rumsey also worries that some compromises would be too great, like full decriminalization. Decrim Colorado organizer Nicole Forrester says they worry New Approaches Initiative doesn't go far enough to ensure it. I think that there is still a lot of debate um, around if it really does protect personal use. There's certainly a lot of pieces of the language that can be interpreted to, you know, not do that, not protect personal use. For instance, the decrim arm of the New Approach Initiative explicitly says that Coloradans still wouldn't be able to use psychedelics in public places. So anyone hoping to do mushrooms at Red Rocks under Initiative 58? Nuh-uh. That's definitely out. But does that also include Colorado's other beautiful outdoor places? That's a very interesting question, and that one's been pretty recent. This is Veronica Lightning Horse Perez, who you'll remember from episode one as a co-chief proponent of the New Approach Initiative. People who are going to be using it in nature are using it more for a, let's say, a spiritual experience, a connected experience. And people like that are going to be using this more in a respectful and responsible manner. So my personal answer to this interpretation, because I have learned over time that humans can interpret anything, any way, according to their filters, their beliefs, and their value system, that this is not going to be police that are hunting you down in public parks and things like that, looking for people who are doing mushrooms so that they can find them, they can ticket them, or they can bring them in. This is still a lowest law enforcement priority. If legal weed is any guide, even though it's still legal, you're still not supposed to toke up really anywhere outside your home. There are limitations. There's a balancing act, one that we talked about a bit last week. Between safety and equity. Then, of course, there's the bigger balancing act that voters may be asked to consider when filling out their ballot. Because one initiative opens the door to something big. The Natural Medicine Health Act is trying to do everything at once, decriminalizing and broadening access to psychedelics, as well as setting up its state-run program to access psychedelic-assisted therapies, meant to appeal to all Coloradans, including those who are new to psychedelics. And I think that's what makes it brilliant because it is meeting as many people across many different walks of life where they are and offering them an opportunity to form their own relationship with the medicine. And by contrast, the Decrim Colorado campaign starts small, focusing first on the communities that already exist in this state. And so I think that if we strengthen that person's ability to 
use this medicine within their community rather than having to go to some big money corporate backed healing center you know the medicine's intelligent and i think that there's a lot to be said about you know where you're getting your medicine from but will we face a choice between two initiatives we'll soon find out because the campaign has some kind of press conference planned for today just before noon but even if they don't qualify nicole forrester told me all that organizing will not have been in vain I think that the conversations that we've been able to have are the most important piece of this. Um, we're also looking at, you know, organizing people that just don't support the Natural Medicine Health Act, which may look like, you know, organizing, you know, more against uh, why we support a no vote and, and things like that. In other words, this won't be the last time you hear from them. No matter what happens, though, the thing to remember is that after Election Day, the real work begins. Either measure would be sweeping, with many details that would need to be hammered out. I mean, heck, we legalized weed a decade ago, and we're still figuring out all of those details. I feel like no matter what happens, the people of Colorado can organize to ensure that the way that the policy is implemented and interpreted is held accountable to the people. This is Matthew Duffy, a co-founder of the Denver-based psychedelic nonprofit SPORE, the Society for Psychedelic Outreach, Reform, and Education. I wanted to check in with Duffy at the very end here, since SPORE has already been critical in organizing community conversations around these initiatives and invites everybody to the table. What I feel like I want to highlight and affirm is the struggle being very critically necessary. Like, it's not wrong to have opposing forces in any sort of political dynamic and to remain in that struggle is crucial for us to be able to refine our political strategies, the ways in which we organize, the policy work, you know, all everything that leads up to medicine stewardship and the development of community infrastructure to hold psychedelic medicine. And Duffy believes that community organizing will remain crucial including around New Approach's Natural Medicine Health Act that's already on the ballot. If it passes, we can hold policymakers, DORA, the, the legislature, accountable to that and be really loud and really clear. If that happens, Duffy says SPORE will host community meetings to ensure that any psilocybin advisory board reporting to the state is also accountable and responsive to everyday Coloradans. If it doesn't pass, well, we have another two years if we want to want to run another ballot initiative with a lot of lessons learned through this, a more connected and aware community uh, than there was before. You know, in the next two years, we can create a, a more community-led initiative. Because Duffy says even though he's witnessed fracturing in Colorado's psychedelic scene, the debates happening this election season have already made a big impact. And people really, really care. People really care about how this will unfold because it will impact generations to come. And if you really care too, you can get involved. Duffy says there's enough room for everyone. My charge to people is stay inspired, keep leading from the heart, hold it in community, be committed to restorative transformative justice. We can handle conflict in community. We don't have to cancel each other. We don't have to police each other. All we gotta do is keep showing up and 
being willing to participate in that, open to learning, and that's how we'll do our best and forget the rest. Hey listeners, I have a correction to make. A previous version of this episode incorrectly stated that Spore is neutral. In September, Matthew Duffy published an op-ed in the Denver Post urging voters to reject the Natural Medicine Health Act, which will now appear as Proposition 122 on November's ballots. In the opinion piece, the Spore co-founder said that Prop 122 will, quote, largely serve to advance an agenda of commodification and corporate control, not unlike what happened with cannabis in Colorado, end quote. And that's all for Ballot Trip, investigative journalist Chris Walker's four-part look at the future of psychedelics in Colorado. And I want to wrap up today with just one more huge thanks to Chris and Anne-Maria Wad, who was the story editor on this series. And of course, the Ferris UC Berkeley Psychedelic Journalism Fellowship, which provided support for Chris's reporting on Ballot Trip. We also have to thank Loyalty Freak Music for their tunes. We're going to have Chris back on to talk more about these ballot issues as the election approaches. So if you have questions or thoughts about the series or about the policy debate around psychedelics, email us at denver at citycast.fm. You can also leave us a voicemail with your name and neighborhood, and you might hear it on the show. Our number is 720-500-5418. And that's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you later. Tell your local shaman. Take a listen. (laughs) Tell your local plant medicine friend. (laughs) Who's my local plant medicine friend? Hmm. I'll have to ask my husband where he gets his mushrooms. (laughs) 